Well, we have indeed looked forward to uh, this morning for, uh, I don't know, almost a year and a half. And uh, we prayed, we believed that God was going to direct us to uh, the man that he's chosen to be our next pastor. And uh, I confess to being kind of surprised when it turned out to be a friend of mine for almost 20 plus years, I think. We're not quite sure how long we've Oscar and I have known each other. But uh, it's been a friendship that's uh, been uh, special and meaningful to, to each of us. Um, Oscar comes to us this morning. He's uh, been a church planter in his history of 25 years in pastoral ministry, largely involved in planting churches. Um, I lost count. I think he said seven this morning. Um, several in this country as well as in Latin America. Uh, God has used him to teach and to train other pastors and to equip them for ministry. And so he comes to us this morning, uh, growing up in Honduras and coming to this country in late teens, I think. And so he's uh, been here for a long, long time because he's probably not as old as I am, so I guess that's a good thing. But I want you to give uh, my good friend Oscar a uh, welcome this morning as he comes to open God's Word for us. And uh, I don't know if you remember, I was here, uh, I was here in May, um, and I stayed on this, right here on this step, because I didn't want to look so much, so, so different than Roy, right? If I stand next to him, then I'm, yeah, <laughs> I feel, I feel a little taller when I take a step on this stand. Um, well, good morning, uh, Grace Norwalk. It's uh, definitely a blessing to be here with uh, with all of you. Uh, celebrating the second second Lord's Day of 2022, um, I do want to tell you that I am honored and I am humbled to stand in this place sharing God's word, where many other men have shared God's word in the past. Um, so before we start, I, I, I want you to know three things. That um, number one, I shared this morning with a group of uh, people that came into. Uh, our classroom this morning um, when I was sharing my testimony and answering some questions uh, that I have uh, have never preached before in my life before as a candidate in a church because every church that I pastor and I preach in is uh, having churches that I planted so for 25 years I've never done this so this is a different process but it's a blessing to know that in this process, you guys have uh, uh, elders and a search committee that really worries that they do the right thing by, uh, you know, searching God's will uh, for uh, this church as you choose a person to come and pastor this church. And uh, the second thing I want you to know is that um, I didn't go into my sermons files and pick my best two sermons. Because then when I preach to Derwin, you will be disappointed. <laughs> so I don't want to go in there and say, which ones are my best to serve us? No. Uh, I, just, I just want you to know that uh, what you see here today and what I'm sharing here with you is usually this is who I am and this is how I share the Word of God and uh, try to be as faithful as we can uh, sharing God's truth into um, for everybody's life. Um, uh, and then the third thing is, um, as I'm standing here, I know that some of you guys are looking at me like, okay, let's see how he's going to preach. Let's see, because we on the 23rd, we got to gather together for, for both. So I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm going to ask of you to, to see this sermon, to listen to this sermon, as God speaking to your heart. Uh, not whether I passed or failed, right? Like, like when you're going to school and you, uh, you got to do a project for, for the teacher. Now, I, I want you to um, hear these sermons. We know their intention then to hear God's word talking to your heart. Um, what, what is God? What is God telling you? What does God want you to know this morning as a result of our time together in the word of God? And having said that, uh, let me start by saying that I'm aware of what happened last week uh, right in the corner of our church here. Um, I'm aware of what happened and so our hearts and prayers go out to the Albers family. Yeah. It must be a tough, tough thing to go through. Um, experience the loss of uh, loved ones, difficult times, times of affliction, times of adversity. 
And, uh, and as hard as it is when, uh, you know, when we're going in life, adversities and afflictions, we just have to realize that adversities and afflictions are part of life. They are part of life, whether we like it or not. It's, it's, it's a tough one to go through. I cannot even, I cannot even, I don't even want to imagine what it feels like to lose somebody, uh, to lose a child, uh, to lose a parent, which uh, my dad already went to be with the Lord, but it, it was a difficult time to go through that. And, and as hard as it is, we have to uh, realize that through adversities and afflictions, we have to realize that besides the fact that they're part of life, God has a purpose. When we go through that, God has a purpose. You've been through that last year, the year before, especially the past two years, we have been through a lot of adversities. We have been through a lot of things that we didn't expect that we were going to go through. And, and we have come up. And the only reason we're, we're sitting in this place, the only reason we're standing in this place, is because God's comfort has been with us. If God wasn't there with us through difficult times and times of adversity, we would not make it. We would definitely not make it because we ourselves, by ourselves, we're not strong enough. Emotionally, mentally, physically many times, we're not strong enough to stand there by ourselves. We need the comfort, God's comfort in our lives to help us go through the valley of the shadow of death. And we have experienced a lot of positive things. Every year we do. We experience a lot of victories, a lot of positive things, but we have to be honest, we also go through testings. We also go through trials and a lot of them, things that we don't expect. Um, I, was, I was watching a New Year's, uh, I was watching a, a, a news channel, and in the news channel they had a special program where they were talking about, that their, their title was, Goodbye 2021. And, and it said in the bottom, a year to remember, a year to forget. <laughs> I don't know about you, but there is a lot. There are a lot of things that I wish we can just forget about. It. Forget about it because it was a year that we were. There were. It's been a couple of years. Our faith. I don't know about you, but me, my faith has been tested through the years, but especially these last two years, our faith has been tested. A lot of frustrations, the things that took us by surprise to many of us, diseases. Finances, solitude. There were a lot of things that tested our humanity. We've seen it over and over. And if you watch news, there's a point that you just don't want to watch news anymore. Because there, there, there are things that tested our humanity. Things that tested our Christianity. You know, things that tested... If, if you really are a believer, if you're really walking with Christ the way we should, adversity... So many trials, so many things that happen that have been out of our control. Because when we're going through adversity, most of the times it's, those are things that are not in our control. And we have to trust in God who has control over all these things. And a lot of times, a lot of these trials, a lot of these adversity are things that don't make sense to us. Especially at the moment that we're going through. It's not the same thing to see somebody go through adversity. Because when somebody's going through adversities, it's easy to tell them what to do, right? It's easy to tell them, you know what, you got to trust in God, you got to pray, you got to wait, you got to wait for the results. But when we are the ones going through the adversity, it's a different situation. It's the same thing as when you are playing a soccer game. I remember when I used to play soccer, I, I used to criticize the guys playing in the, in the field, right? And no, you should have done this, you should have kicked the ball this way, you should have given the path to... But once you were in the game, it's a different story. Because when you're in the game, you, you, you don't see things the same way. You perceive things in a different way. And so one of the things that don't make sense in our minds is that in the midst of the storms that we go in life, we can find faith. Remember what happened to the disciples when they got on the boat with Jesus and the storm was heating the boat? There was, they, they could have find faith depending to the way they respond to that storm in their life. In the midst of adversity, we will find comfort because God is there. He has promised He'll be there to comfort us. And in the midst of trials, we will find blessings too. 
for those who trust God in the process. If you don't trust God in the process, a lot lot of times it's going to be up to the way you respond to these things, to these events of life. So as children of God, we have always have to prepare ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, but above all spiritually because life storms are going to come in whether you like it or not. You will go through tough times. And so how do we do it? How do we respond? Most of us don't understand it at that moment. So we just finished a year, and a lot of times we put a lot of goals in front of us. We put a lot of goals before us. And most of the goals that we put for ourselves for the new year is positive stuff, right? And we prepare ourselves uh, We prepare ourselves to, to get better. We prepare ourselves to grow and spiritually grow. We prepare ourselves to do more exercise. And to, we, we prepare ourselves for all these positive things. But how many of us really prepare ourselves to find trials in the new year? How many else? How many of us really do that? So you might be saying, Pastor, you're candidating. This is not a very positive message. Let me tell you, it is a very positive message. Because the positivity in this message is the fact that in the midst of adversity and trials, you have to know that for sure God is there with you. God will be the God of comfort in your life. And there is a purpose why God gives you comfort in your life. And if God gives you comfort, you have to be aware that you also got to be a comfort to others in life. Because life trials are going to come whether we like it or not. So let let, let me ask you a question. Because a lot of times people would say, you know, I don't see the blessing in the trial. I don't see the positive part in the trial. Let me ask you this. When you experienced trials last year... Did you learn anything from them? If you learn one thing from your trial, that is a blessing from God. Because now you learn something that you didn't know before. Did you experience God's comfort? If you experience God's comfort, then that is a blessing in itself. Because now you know for sure God is there with you. Did you learn how to deal with the new problem that before maybe you didn't know how to deal with? If you learn how to deal with the problem then that is a blessing also. Now you know how to you know now you know how to deal with the problem and if you learn how to deal with the problem in the midst of the adversity, that means you're able to help others that will go through the same situations that you have been through. Adversity comes with blessings. That is a blessing. You just remember that in the midst of the storms there's always blessings that will come eventually. So today I want us to look at the scripture uh, for what God is telling us through the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul in the second letter to the Corinthian church, verse 1, and and we're going to, our main focus is going to be in verse 3 to 7, but I want us to read all the way from, uh, starting in verse 1, all the way to verse verse 10. Um, The Apostle Paul, as he's writing to the Corinthian church, he's telling them, this, and we have it on the screen also, so that way, if you guys don't find it in your Bibles, you can read along with us uh, in the screen. Um, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is accord with all the saints who are in the whole Acacia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So after the Apostle Paul introduces himself, he goes into verse 3 and and begins with the blessing. So I want you to pay attention to this part because this is important. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Blessed be the God, for He's the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So, so the Apostle Paul is telling, uh, is telling the Corinthian church, there is a reason why we are comforted by God. When God does this for us, there is a purpose, there is a reason how God does it, and He does it with a purpose. He doesn't do it just so you can feel better. 
But he does it with a specific purpose. Verse 5 goes and, and continues saying, for, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it's for your comfort which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. I want you to notice something important here that the Apostle Paul is saying this is suffering is part of life. Suffering is just part of life. It, it, we will go through. It's the result of the, 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 the original sin. Our hope, he says in verse 7, for you is to unshaken. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, our hope is uh, for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. I don't know about you, but what an encouraging word. God provides for us in this text. What an encouraging word in this portion where the letter to the Corinthians, where Paul writes this letter to the Corinthians. Notice, notice, notice the first thing that I want you to uh, pay attention to is uh, the writer of this letter is the Apostle Paul himself. And he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ uh, by the will of God. Here the Apostle Paul, open, in his opening of this letter, begins with his subject of comforting during afflictions and adversities. So again, we prepare for many other things in the beginning of every year. But we don't prepare ourselves to expect that we will go through adversities. So in the very opening of this letter, after he introduces himself, immediately he goes into the main subject of this passage. And the main subject of this passage, he's going to talk about the fact that we go through afflictions, that we as human beings go through afflictions. And that when we go through afflictions, the main thing that we got to look forward to is the fact that God will be our comfort. And the Apostle Paul, the question I ask myself is, is it that the Apostle Paul knew what he was talking about when he talked about sufferings? Did he knew what he was talking about? I mean, if we go to verse 8 in the same text, if we go to verse 8, the Apostle Paul tells them what he has experienced himself. He tells them, for we don't want you brothers to be unaware. Brothers of the afflictions we experience in Asia. We don't want you to ignore these things that we have gone through. For we were so utterly burned beyond our strength that we despair of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. So Paul says, I have suffered so much to the point that I felt that I was, I was going to die. My sufferings have been real, the Apostle Paul is telling them. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. In other words, Paul is telling them, even if we were to die, we still trust in God. We still believe that it's God who's in control over all these adversities. That He will deliver us from such a deadly peril. And He will deliver us on Him. We have set our hope that He will deliver us again. So the Apostle Paul says, we have gone through adversities. The, the reason I'm talking to you about adversities and affliction is for you to know that God is going to be your comfort. That God is going to be there to, to, to give you strength while you go through this adversity so you come out victorious at the end. We want you to know, he says, that what I'm talking about is nothing that, that I'm just talking to you just, just because somebody else told, said it to me. Somebody else told me this. No, I'm telling you this because I lived in myself, I experienced it myself. To the point that I thought I was going to die. That's, that's how deep and strong the adversities that Paul lived. That he experienced. So Paul, the writer of this letter, knew exactly what he was talking about. He was persecuted. In so many of his writings, we hear where he was persecuted, we hear that he was, he was threatened, he was beaten. At one point, he was beaten almost to death or to death. And that's what he says in verse 9 right there. He says, in fact, within ourselves, we 
uh, we already had the death sentence. So that we would not trust in ourselves. So when you go through these times of adversities, when you go through these hard times that we go through, trials that we go through, <coughs> afflictions that we go through, we know we shouldn't be trusting in ourselves. But so many times, our human mind, our way of thinking, it's like we, we try to be so, so smart about things, right? Now, if I do this, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have a different outcome. If I do that, and so many times the, the, the thing that we should do, which is come before God and ask for God's guidance. And for God to, to let us know, to, for, so for us to feel that God is there with us, instead of doing that, a lot of times we try to do, uh, find solutions for ourselves. It's like when the disciples were, uh, you know, were trying to get out of the, uh, the, old, the, the sea of Galilee when, when the storm was hitting them. They were trying, they were, they were making that effort for themselves. Instead of trusting in God, that God was going to bring them out. So, Paul had been in prison. Paul had been in a shipwreck. And, and even after that, when the Apostle Paul comes out, you know, and he's, he swims out of the ocean, and he, he's putting a fire together so he can get warm. A snake jumps out of the fire and bites him, and he's like, No, I've been in prison for sharing the gospel. Then I've been, I've been sent in a boat to Rome, and, and now this snake jumps out of the fire. You know, all I'm doing is serving God. And so many times we believe because we're serving God, we shouldn't suffer. We shouldn't go through hard times. And that's not true. There is a combo that comes with rice and the soda, right? That's how the burger comes. In other words, there's a combo that comes in, 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 in your relationship with God. So many times we are ready to experience the blessings. And we are ready to experience what the good that comes from God, but we're not ready to experience those trials that will help us to be stronger. That will help us to, to, to just learn lessons that we will need to learn so that way we can help others that are going through the same things that we've been through. Paul went through a lot of sufferings after suffering in, in his Christian life. So, so, so Paul, he, he didn't have anything to do with a comfortable life at all. And that is why here the Holy Spirit inspires Paul to share with the church in Corinth and, and, with, uh, and, and with us not only his experience of sufferings but also the, and the adversities but also the comfort that came from God the comfort that came during these difficult times and, and I want you to see how in, um, in, our, in our text if we go, if we go to uh, the next slide I want you to see in verse 3 all the way from verse 3 um, I want us to see Paul's point in this text. In these two verses alone, the word comfort, we see the word comfort five times. So in two verses, so we know what Paul's point is right here. His main point is, I want you to know the comfort that comes from God in times of adversity. And he mentions also, we find the word affliction twice. But if we go to verse 5, I want you to see verse 5 through 7. We find the word sufferings and afflictions at least five times. And the word comfort at least another five times. So in these four or five verses, we find the word comfort ten different times. And it's because the Apostle Paul wants us to make sure <coughs> that at the moment we're going through these adversities, that at the moment we're going through these trials, we remember God will be our comfort. God will be our comfort. So there are four things that I want that, that stand out in this passage uh, that I want to share with you. Uh, and the first one of those four things is the fact that Paul begins that in the times of adversity, the times of affliction, Paul begins by blessing God, despite the adversities in his life. So when you're going through tough times, is your attitude an attitude of praising and blessing? Or are you ready to complain 
and tell God, God, why me? Why am I going through this? Am I not serving you? Do I not serve you enough? But instead of the Apostle Paul despised the adversities he was going through, he says, blessed be, notice in verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in the context, he's talking, he's going to talk about comfort and suffering, but in that context he says, number one, what I want to do is, I want you to know that I want to bless God, that I want to praise God through these hard times that I'm going through. It's not an easy thing to do. But Paul doesn't complain about the adversity. Instead, he blesses and acknowledges God as the Father of mercy and God of all comfort. So one, one thing that is important to notice here is that he doesn't say Father of mercies and Father of comfort. But he says Father of mercies and God of comfort. Why does he do that? How, how do you become a children of God? How do you become a child of God? You become a child of God by His mercy. Because His mercy means that He applied mercy to you when you and I were guilty. You and I were guilty, and because we were guilty, His mercy forgives our sins. And because His mercy forgives our sins, we become His children. And so He's our Father. But the Apostle Paul is telling us, he's not just your father, he's also God who is in control. So he's my father, so I have assurance of my salvation, but in the assurance of this salvation, I have to know that I'm going to go through adversity and trials. So in the process of the adversity and trials, because he is my father, he also wants me to know that he is my God. God who is in control, God who is sovereign. And in his sovereignty, he lets me know he is in control and that's why he is the God who will give me comfort in the times of trial, in the, tri in the times of adversity. So the Apostle Paul says, blessed be the name of the Lord. Why? Because he's not just my father. Because he just didn't save me and let me be. Because he saved me. He is my Father, and through the process of life, He is with me, comforting me all the way to the end. Let me tell you one thing. I believe that the, the main reason why you're here is because God's comfort has been with you through your life. If not, we wouldn't be here. We just, there's so many things that go in our life that go on that, that we will be discouraged. A lot of things we just like, we just want this over with. But God's comfort is there. And God comforts you in many different ways that we will see in a minute. But, but I, I want you to see one thing. That as Paul is blessing God for what's going on in the present... Paul is blessing God for the trials and the adversity and the afflictions he's going through. I don't know if you knew that this expression, blessed be the God, only you only find it three places in the New Testament. You find it in three places in the New Testament. And I want you to see this. This is interesting. Um, not, 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 not a, uh, but you find it in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul blesses God for the past. Paul blesses God for the past because He chose you for salvation. Before the foundation of the world, you were chosen before the foundation of the world. So Paul in Ephesians 1.3 blesses God for that, for the past, for what God has done in the past. And the next text is the verse that we are in. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. In 2 Corinthians 1.3, he goes, bless, uh, Paul blesses God for the present. In other, in other words, Paul blesses God because he's the comfort throughout our, our, our adversities. And so you see Paul blessing God in the past for what he has done in our salvation. Paul blesses God in the present because he's the comfort in our, in, in our adversities. And, and um, for, uh, First Peter, uh, let's see, see, yeah, First Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Notice, all of them are in chapter 1, verse 3. Chapter 1, verse 3. Interesting, huh? I, I, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> but in First Peter verse 1, verse 3, Paul blesses God for the future. Because see, Peter says, we will obtain the inheritance that is in Christ. So, I just want you to notice that Paul is blessing God for the past. Paul 
is blessing God for the present situations, and Peter is blessing God for what's coming in the future for the believer. So in a lot of times we have to remember that whether we have gone through adversities in the past, we our responsibility, our main thing is to praise God no matter what's going on in what has happened in the past, no matter what's happening in the present, we got to still praising God and whatever is going to happen in the future, we got to praise God because why? Because he's in control of our lives. So many people say, no, my life is mine. I do whatever I want. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. You will have consequences. No, your life belongs to God, whether you like it or not. Even those people who don't believe in God, their life is in His hands. And so we as believers, we have to acknowledge that when we go through these adversities, we have to stay in the middle of the adversity, praising God. That, that reminds me of uh, our friend uh, Joe. Joe had an interesting situation, and you guys are knowledgeable, Bible knowledgeable. And so you know what happened to Joe. He, 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 he lost everything, basically. And in, in chapter 2, verse 7, um, the Bible says that Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Joe with painful boils. So he is one of the richest men in the world at that time. He, he was a man of God. He was a man who served God. He, he worshipped God all of the time. He had done nothing wrong according to the, to the text. But in the middle of, 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 of you know, Satan arguing with God about Job, he God allowed Satan to, uh, to do these things to Job. And, and Job had painful boils. From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, and he took for himself a pot chair, with which to scrape himself while he sat down in the midst of the of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, "Imagine this: he has lost everything. He lost his kids, he lost his cattle, he lost his his belongings, he lost everything, and he's sitting in the middle of the ashes." And his wife tells Job, "Do you still hold fast to your integrity?" Are you still are you still holding fast to this integrity? Curse God and die. What a what a horrible advice. <laughs> Curse God and die. And, and, and watch I love Job's response in the midst of adversity. And the reason I love this response is because I wanna I wanna ask you, is this the same way you respond when you're going through trials yourself? Is this the same way you respond when life doesn't come out the way you want it. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speak. Should we indeed accept good from God? How many of us are ready to accept good from God? I'm ready every day. I don't need to be ready. I was born ready to accept what's good from God. You know, we always were ready to accept the blessings. Should we indeed accept what's good for God? And should we not accept adversity? So Job is saying, whatever comes from God, comes from God. You have to be willing to accept it because there is a purpose behind this. In all of, in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. And if you go to the previous chapter, in chapter 1, verse 20 and 22... Uh, after Job heard the bad news that he lost his kids, that he lost his, his belongings, he lost his cattle, he lost everything basically. He, it says in verse 20 that Job arose, uh, Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and fell to the ground and worshipped. Is that my attitude when things go hard? When I'm, go, when I'm going through the valley of death, is that my attitude to worship? Or do I just get away from that? Thinking that I can get away from God. But by the way, we can never get away from God. He's only, he's only present. So He's everywhere. No matter where you go, He's there. And He says, He, he, he fell to the ground and worshipped and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and make it I should return there. So we can with nothing. And guess how you're going to leave? You know, the pharaohs were wrong when they used to get buried with all, the, with all of their treasures, right? It wasn't true. They were not going to go to the next life and have all that stuff there. 
bury them with all of their wives to them. He said, I, I, I came naked. I'm going to leave naked. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Guess what he says? Sounds like Paul, right? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So no matter what I'm going through, in all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. He, Job didn't stand before God and said, God is your fault. I'm amazed when I hear so many people nowadays uh, telling, this, that, you know, telling their emotions and their feelings and they say, I'm mad at God. Who are you to be mad at God? He is the God of the universe. He is the creator. He is the one who gives you life. And Job said he did not charge God with wrong. He trusted in God's process. And in the process, he just said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Guess what happened to Job at the end? He received many, many, his blessings that he received, they were multiplied. Because he trusted God in the process. It's so easy to praise God when everything goes good in life. It's good to praise God when everything goes good in life. But what about when things go wrong? Do you praise God when, you're, when, you, when you are broken? And, and many times God has to break us. And when He does that, He does that with a purpose. He does that for a reason. When sufferings, when suffering, the blessings follow the sufferings. Job received many other blessings. And Paul decided to say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes into talking about the fact, of, the, the fact that, that, that he was going to go and he has been gone, going through adversities. And that we will go through the same thing. Blessed be the God and Father of all mercies. In adversity... We ought to bless God. Why? Because of the second thing that I want you to see this morning. The second thing. We have to bless God. And, and Paul wants them to know that God's comfort will be there for all of our adversities. All of our adversities. He will be there. Not in some of them, but in all of them. And, and he says that's the reason why you have to bless God. You have to bless God because He He is the comfort. And He's the one who comforts us in all of our afflictions. That's why you have to bless God. And the tribulations are many. We don't all go through the same thing. We don't all go through the same thing. As a matter of fact, James, James, who half brother of the Lord Jesus, who was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, he, he writes in James chapter one, verse one and two. He says, James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. And immediately James jumped on verse 2, saying, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Immediately. After saying, Hi, this is James. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, who wants to count it? Who wants to say, I have joy, joy, joy in my heart? Because I'm going through trials. Who wants to say that? Most of us don't want to say that. Right? Most of us don't want to say that, but notice that James is telling them he is writing to the twelve tribes who were scattered. Why were these people scattered all over the place? Because this was the church in Jerusalem. This church in Jerusalem, uh, the, the, there were a lot of Jews that had become Christians. And as they became Christians, they were being persecuted by the Roman Empire. And as they were being persecuted, they had to flee Jerusalem. They had to leave, and they left, and they went all over the place. They were scattered. So when they left, what did they lose? They lost, they lost their jobs. They lost their belongings. They lost family. They lost everything, basically. And then when they get to whatever they were going to, no, they were poor, and there were other Christians that were rich in those areas. And James deals with all that stuff. How the rich was treating the poor. How the rich was treating those who were going through trials and testings because they had lost everything, because they had to flee Jerusalem so they wouldn't be killed. And so as they're going through this uh, testing and trials, James tells them, rejoice. 
count it all joy when you fall, fall into different trials. And, and, and one of the things that impresses me about what James says here, when he says fall into different trials, the word various trials or different trials is the word poikilos in Greek. That means multicultural. Multicolor, I'm sorry. Multicolor. In other words, your trials is the same word that is used for different colors. Your trials are of different colors. Your trials are of different sizes, James says. But in all those trials, you count it all joy. All sizes, all colors. God comfort is in every kind of trial, in every kind of tribulation. Each tribulation is different. The comfort God gives to a mother who loves her child is not the same that God gives to a person who loses her, their job. It's not the same. The same comfort God gives to God gives God gives us the comfort necessary for the tribulation that we're living at that moment. Or the problem that you're facing at that moment. God's comfort is special and is propitious to the occasion. It is not a general consolation. It is not a general comfort. It's appropriate to that problem or the trial that you're going through. Which is different than others. It's different than others. It's different colors. And the same word is used to describe a carpet. Have you ever seen a Middle Eastern carpet? That they make it beautiful. And they make it beautiful. They're so expensive too. But they're made of different colors. And what James is saying is, your trials in life are like this carpet. Different sizes, different colors, different. They're all different. But in each one of those, God will give you comfort. So count it all joy. Because God is going to comfort you through all this. Work problems, health problems, family problems, emotional problems. That so many times we go through. Each one of these is different. Different consolation. Different comfort. And one of the things here that's important to notice is that what Paul said is the God of comfort. It's the word that Paul uses here for God of comfort. It is the word, it is the word paraklesio. Which is, it comes from the same root. The, the, the word parakletos, talking about the Holy Spirit, when Christ uh, said it in, in John 14, 26, He said, I will, I will not leave you alone, I will send a helper to you. So it's the same word that, that, that Paul uses, paraklaseo, it's the same word, it's a similar, comes from the same root, that implies coming and being next to another. So I will send the Holy Spirit to be next to you. I will be the God who's going to be next to you when I'm comforting you because you're going through these trials. It implies relieving the pain of another in the midst of their pain. It implies coming next to that person to strengthen that person so as they go through the process of, of painful situations, I, I will come next to you. So I will be the God of comfort in all of your tribulations. So, so why is Paul praising God? We said in the, in the first point is Paul praises God for one reason. Because God is the God of comfort in all of our trials. No matter what size, no matter what color. God is the one who during adversities brings relief to your pain. He is the one who forgives your sin when we have sinned. And we feel that we're done. He's the one who forgives our sins and able to restore what someone, what I or someone else has broken. God is the one who can give you the strength if you're weak. Who brings joy to my soul when I'm depressed. God is the one who makes me feel company when I feel alone. God is the one who gives me hope when I'm discouraged. He is the one that comes next to me. And so He is the God of all comfort, and He comforts us in all of our tribulation, different colors, different sizes, God of consolation. He's a personal God. He's particularly, uh, you know, helping us in every step of the way, so we can stay with that security that we can have from God. So there is no loss that God's presence cannot replace. And there is no void that God's presence cannot fill. There's no weakness that His grace cannot give you the strength to go through. There's no pain that His mercy cannot relieve alleviate. 
There is no sorrow that his joy cannot bring down. There is no wound that his touch cannot heal. He is the God of comfort. And, and just for us to understand this, uh, the, same, the same thing Paul says, number three. Paul wants them to understand that God's purpose in comforting them, that there is a specific purpose in comforting them. And the purpose, he says in verse 3, if we read the whole text all over again, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our questions. Notice here the purpose. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. It's not for you to say, poor me. It's for you to say, if God is comforting me, how am I going to comfort others? Because it's not about us. It's about Him who wants to comfort others. Who wants to come and be a blessing to others. So, so we might be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. So God has given you comfort with a purpose. With the purpose that you will go and comfort others. And, and, and right there in verse 4, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any afflictions. God expects you to use your experiences with a purpose. God expects you to use your experiences with the purpose of helping others. That is the reason why so many times we go through different trials. And so many times d during the trials, we, we question God, why God? Why me? And instead of just asking God, how can I use these experiences that I'm going through so I can come and help others as they go through also different tough situations. There are so many people that are going through afflictions and adversities that need someone to comfort them. I don't know how we're doing on time. Well, I, I didn't pay attention to the time. <laughs> Five minutes? I'll multiply that times ten. And I won't be invited again. <laughs> but that's what got to come what, What's interesting is that the word affliction and tribulation in the New Testament is, in this text, is the same word. It's a word that is, it's a word in Greek that is dyslipsis. Dyslipsis. And that word means when somebody, uh, to give you a quick example of this word, is, you see how, in, in our countries, I don't, I don't know what your experience has been, but in our countries, like in Honduras, for example, uh, we use donkeys a lot for, uh, to help us carry loads, big loads, right? And so what this word is talking about basically is you put a load so heavy on an animal, on a donkey, you put such a heavy load that it collapses. So when somebody is going through tribulation, through adversities, it's like they're having, they're, they're experiencing a big load on themselves, such a big load that, that it makes them collapse. And so when you are the God of comfort, and God, the God of comfort has come for you, is for you to come next to that person who's about to collapse. And that person that's about to collapse, you're supposed to be there because that's God's will, allowing you to go through these different trials. It's for you to come next to that person so that that person will not collapse. So it's for you to comfort those people that are going through things that you already went through. So that is such an important thing for us to remember. That there is a purpose in all this. There is a reason why God allows all these things. It's for you to use it. To use it with other people. It's, 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 it's beautiful when we understand that. Because then we can let ourselves be used by God. And number four. Number four. Who and, who and what does God use to comfort us? Who and, God and what does He use to comfort us? There's no doubt He uses His Word. God's Word, as you read it, it gives you comfort. It gives you the answers that a lot of times we are looking for. 
Sometimes we go look for answers in, 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 in the experts. We go look for an answer somewhere else. Even to non-believers, we, we ask for an answer. But a lot of times, the last place we come for an answer is to God's Word. When God's Word is what gives us answers on how to comfort, how to comfort us and how we can comfort others. He uses His Word. He uses the Holy Spirit in prayer. But the one thing that I want to make sure that before we finish, we understand is that God usually gives us comfort to all, through other people. Through other people. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, the same book, but in chapter 7, verse 6 and, and 7, Paul says to the church, But God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. And I want you to notice this. He says, Titus came from God to comfort us. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort with which he was comforted by you. So Paul is telling the Corinthian church, you church comforted Titus, and then Titus was used by God because he was comforted by you guys. Titus was used by God to come and be a comfort to us. So I want you to see that when God is going to comfort other people, God is going to use people to comfort people. It is not that God is going to, something is going to descend from heaven and is going to comfort you. No, God is going to use you to comfort others. You, you are the tool that God uses to comfort others as they go through those times of dyslipsis, the times when, when they feel that they are going to collapse. It's you who God is going to use. It's you who, uh, who, who ought to be out there sharing the Word of God, being, being next to a person who's going through trials and tribulations, so that way God can use you, because you have been comforted by God, by using God, using other people in your life, and so those people who were using your life to give you comfort, God gives you comfort, so you can go and do the same with other people. It's like, 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 like the saying goes, pay it forward. Can you imagine if we were living, if we were, were to live a life really paying it forward? That every blessing that we receive, we will go and pay it forward to another person. The world will be a different place. Completely. But I want you to remember this. It's important for us to remember this. When was the last time you went and comforted somebody else? When was the last time that the love of God in your heart pressed you to go and help others? Because oh, many times we are waiting for others to come and give us comfort. But when was the last time you looked at your neighbor and you saw what they were going through? And did you go comfort them? You know that a lot of times all people have to see even if we don't share with words the gospel, people can see the gospel in our behavior. You know how that happens? It happened in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and uh, all the way through 47. It, it says that the church were persevering in the word of God, were persevering in, in the breaking of the bread. They were, they were praying together, they were unanimous in everything. And they had such a unity. That the people in, in Jerusalem would look at Christians and would say, what's wrong with these guys? There's something different. They were selling their properties so they can bring the money to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the offerings and help others who were in need. And as that, as that was happening, it, it says in verse 47 of Acts chapter 2, the people were coming to the knowledge of God, not by what Christians were saying, but what Christians were doing. Because it's not what you say, it's what you do that shows the world who you really are in Christ. So we have to do more than what we say. That's the call God wants us, that's the call God wants us to follow. And so when we leave our lives, being, being there, being ready to comfort others, God will use that. So we can share the gospel with people. Because, because people don't care how much you know. We can be filled with Bible verses up here. 
But people don't care how much you know if you don't know how much you care for them. People want to see how much you care. And why does God allow you to go through adversities? So you can comfort others the same way God has comforted you. Our Father in heaven, we we want to thank you this morning for your work. We want to thank you this morning, Father, because you have made it clear to us how we should be living our lives. What should be our attitude during times of testing and trials? You have made it clear to us that we have to be praising your name. Because you are our Father, because you have mercy on us. And you didn't just let us go by ourselves and experience life trials by ourselves but you are the God of comfort Father we we want to pray and ask you for your blessing upon us and that we will be able to live our lives the way that is pleasing to you and that our trials we will learn through the adversity and the trials that we go through so we can go and be a comfort to others. Allow us, Father, this week for us to be able to go to, to go to our family members, go to our friends, go to our co-workers, go to our uh, classmates, to our neighbors. And if they're going through trials and tribulations, Lord, help us to go and be a comfort to them. Forgive us, Lord, if if at any point we have been selfish and just thought about ourselves and not thought about others. Help us, Lord, to be your hands and feet as we reach out to other people. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Just like Pastor Oscar said, um, God comforts us and so we're able to comfort other people but the reason God knows how to comfort us is because Jesus came and became a human and he suffered greatly he suffered greatly for us and so he knows he knows how to comfort us too because he went through it himself right? Amen? And he loves us. Let's stand and sing Jesus Messiah.
you, my brother, for sharing God's word with us. Wow, that was good stuff. He had a whole lot more to say, I think, but uh, next week, right? God has given us an opportunity to apply the message that we've just heard. Tonight at 5.30, there's a vigil planned outside here on the sidewalk in response to the accident that happened last Sunday while we were gathered here. And I don't know how many people are going to be here. I don't know who's going to be here. I don't know whole, I don't know a whole lot about it. I understand that uh, some of our folks are going to prepare coffee and hot chocolate. We're going to open our bathrooms and, and have those available. But I just wonder, as I've been thinking about this visual, and certainly comes home with Oscar's message this morning, I wonder how many of those people that gather out there know the Lord. I wonder how many of those people out there come uh, needing comfort. And a few of us are planning to come and be there and uh, just be available for God to use us, perhaps engage in conversation, pray with somebody, share the gospel with somebody. Uh, Who knows what God wants to do tonight. So I just want to encourage you, if you're free this evening at 5.30, to come and uh, be a part of that and uh, share in that experience. Also, this afternoon at 3 o'clock, we're inviting you back. Uh, We're going to make it also available on Zoom for those that are unable to be here. Uh, We're going to have a question and answer time uh, with Oscar as well as with our elders and search team. Uh, If you have questions about the process, you have questions you want to ask Oscar, there will be an opportunity to to do that this afternoon. So plan to come and uh, be involved in that as well. Uh, Last Sunday we said happy birthday to uh, Carol Ann a week early because we had the wrong date. And so her birthday is actually uh, today, I think, is the actual day, and so happy birthday a second time uh, to Carol Ann, and uh, we celebrate that. If you didn't get one of these cards with the schedule of uh, what we're planning uh, for Oscar, if you weren't here last week, there's more of these in the back, but let me just remind you, next Sunday, he'll be back preaching again at 10 o'clock in our service. Afterwards, we're planning a luncheon time out in the courtyard, kind of an informal time to get acquainted, um, opportunity to ask questions and, and to share in that time as well. So you'll want to come and uh, participate uh, in that time. And I've got another note to myself. I think I want to remind myself. On the back of your bulletin, uh, we voted last Sunday in our business meeting uh, to invite uh, Matt Mayan Higby to be uh, kind of adopted as missionaries uh, by us to support and encourage them. And there's a word about that on the back of your bulletin. So I want to just encourage you to kind of add them as we pray for our missionaries. We've uh, formally adopted them and chosen to participate in their support as they uh, return to Japan and serve the Lord there. Uh, Dave, you want to come? You've got a word for us as well. And if you people, he's not going to talk long, so you can stand or sit, whatever your pleasure is. He's not going to talk long. <laughs> I'm not going to talk. Really sit down, sit down. <laughs> it's going to be a while. No, I'm just kidding. First off, I don't know if anybody noticed that uh, the look in here has changed. Yeah. Right? You think it's real like this? Right? Uh, yes, there is a baptistry back there, and, and a panel actually comes off, so it's not like that's permanent, okay? It can be moved for those who might be questioning that in your mind. Now, every year we uh, like to uh, give love gifts to those who work in front of us, uh, and we see them all the time, and sometimes people in the back uh, work in, in, in the background. Um, and when the moderator is really on, on the ball, uh, he puts a note in his calendar uh, right around the middle of November uh, to remind himself that he needs to begin this process uh, when the moderator is on the ball. And in 2021, uh, adversity and conflict and all these things I'm praising the Lord for. Um, I didn't put that there, so we got a late start. But right now, what we did get is what we did get people who uh, dug deep and who honor some of these people. And I'd like to ask these people to come forward if they're here. Uh, Pastor Roy Halberg, uh, he can bring his lovely wife up here if you'd like. Let's see, who else do we have here? Oh, Timothy Lansing, he's hiding back there somewhere. Uh, and if Janine's around, she can come forward as well. Max Olmedo and Maggie Olmedo, they're right back in here. Um, Lulu Alvarado, yes, is she here? Some people thought enough to throw something your way, Lulu. They love you. We all love Lulu. And Habib, the guy who mans the sound. 
and David Ward, the man who minds, uh, manages the computer. And there's one more uh, in here, and she's, she can't be here, um, or she isn't here, I think. Let me double check. I got everybody. And there's one for Cheryl Sincock. If you don't realize this, you know, Cheryl has probably the toughest job uh, in, on the church board. Uh, she manages all the financials at the back end, and she would be here because that's how she rolls. Except, of course, you realize she was in the hospital, and uh, and I know all of us have been praying unceasingly for her. So, Cheryl, this one's for you. You're probably watching right now, and you probably already know what it is because you cut the check. <laughs> <laughs> so, without further ado, and we'll let you guys go home for lunch. This one, is, I'm just going to go from the top here. Uh, here <laughs> and uh, I'll take care of Habib and Dave because they're running with mechanicals back there I got theirs right here and Pastor Roy here you go Pastor Roy <laughs> so I want you guys to, you know, these, these are some of the people that work in the background and then there's others that work in the background too that you don't see them in the, and they're, they're already grossly overpaid that's Don and Don in the back they don't ask for much but they keep, the, they keep the walls up. So me, I just run the meetings. That's all I do. So I'm going to give you a quick word for Father God. I just want to thank you for these people who work tirelessly in uh, maintaining uh, this facility, uh, who uh, help maintain our, our spiritual balance, uh, who work in the background to make sure that everything gets done. I'm, th- oh, so, I'm so thankful for them, Lord. I know we all are. So just I ask for a special blessing upon their lives in 2022. And may, and may they be richly blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Oscar's right here. If you haven't had a chance to shake his hand and meet him, take advantage of that opportunity before I take him to lunch, okay? <laughs>